So welcome back to another episode of Game Ball. And today we're going to be talking about the hoops. The NBA season's on its way again. Uh, it's in full effect. And we have Mikey Domagala on the show. He, uh, he runs official NBA Buzz, has over 150,000 followers on Instagram, and then over 2 million, I believe, on Facebook. And he's one of the best, and he's talked to a lot of NBA players. So we're very appreciative to have him on the show. How are you doing, man? Hey, what's up, Matt? And I appreciate you having me on. Yeah, um, you know, I'm, I woke up early today and ready to talk some hoops. Let's do it. Hey, man, for sure. I got my quick shower and I got all, I woke up. I'm ready for sure for this. But uh, before we get into it, I want to talk about, you know, the uh, official NBA buzz and all that stuff. Like, how did you get it started? How have you able to grow it to such like a big audience? Yep. So, you know, it took a lot of hard work. Like you said, uh, 2.5 million followers on Facebook, uh, just hit 162,000 on Instagram. Also on Twitter, I got a couple thousand, which I'm getting that going. But yeah, how I started, I started in 2012 when I was 12. I'm, uh, I'm 21 now. Okay. Um, so it's been, you know, eight to nine years of just hard work, everyday posting, unique content. And, you know, I just, I've always been a basketball fan. So I just started with an idea that I wanted to get my opinion out there. And I turned it into more of a professional page over the years where I'm breaking news and, you know, still having debate topics. and you know, interviewing players on my show, Inside Buzz, which is on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. And, you know, bringing that show up and stuff, like what's like the most memorable memorable thing that's happened for you, whether it was for just like a post or during one of your interviews? Like what's like the, like when you, what was like one of the things that made you say like, wow, I can't believe like I'm actually, like this actually happened. Like I could have never thought of that. Yeah, uh, I got a couple for each. For the page, it's more like when I see, when I see NBA, NBA followers, like NBA players follow mm-hmm. the page, it's awesome. Like, I had Giannis Antetokounmpo follow, then he unfollowed, unfortunately. <laughs> I know, I was, I was annoyed. Um, but then seeing, like, high-level players comment and like, like LeBron has liked to post, Damian Lillard's commented, uh, Reggie Miller comments, Ray Allen yeah. comments, so stuff like that on that end. Then for my interviews, uh, whenever I get, you know, NBA people on who tell me great stories that aren't heard before, like, uh, I had Hall of Famer Nancy Lieberman on mm-hmm. on one of my episodes of Inside Buzz. Um, and she told me, you know, uh, stories about Kobe and how she was supposed to be on the helicopter the next uh, the next day with Kobe. And, you know, I don't know what would have happened if she went on, if the, if the helicopter still would have went down. But she would have been on that helicopter. And then she talked to me about her relationship with Kobe. So and that's just one example. Uh, so many other examples of interviewing NBA players who just you know, appreciate coming on my platform and giving me great stories. Yeah, that's crazy. And, you know, I, mean, I saw uh, that uh, when, when Kevin Durant, he commented on something about Dirk Nowinski, and then that got on, like, ESPN. That must have been just crazy to see, like, one of your posts made it, too. So, yeah, a lot of memorable things yep, right there. Yep. Yeah, I, I had that one the other day, actually, with, uh, with KD. It, that was last week, actually. It got on ESPN and FS1's uh, First Things First. It was, yeah. it was pretty cool. Yeah, that's, that's crazy to see. I mean, hey, you know, I'm not a, you know, I can kind of, I can, ro- I can kind of rock with that post too. I think, I think Dirk's, Dirk's ring was a little more impressive than KD's, but you know, yep, yep. it is what it is. Um, and before, again, one more thing before we get into, you know, talking about basketball and the playoffs, you know, obviously we've been quarantined, you know, how's your quarantine been going? Like what you've been doing to keep busy? Uh, you know, I got NBA buzz to keep me busy, which is yeah. good doing interviews and stuff like that. But content wise, uh, I got before the bubble happened, I got to admit, it was a little tough just digging into the archives and, yeah. you know, bringing out old ideas and old throwback posts kind of like every day. 
from you know like March 15th until now, and it, it's I'm still digging up the old posts until the season starts. So, yeah. you know, NBA buzz would keep me busy, and mm. uh, it's good that the quarantine, you know, this stuff is going on into the summer because if it was the opposite during the winter, we'd all be inside. So at least I'm I'm outside going to the beach here in New York and stuff like that. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I've only got 15 more days, and the season's on its way. So it's it's really it's really awesome but uh you know moving into the nba obviously you know before we again talk about the playoffs we got to talk about the bubble right so there's gonna be 22 teams they're all they're all in there a bunch of players in there and so i've heard a lot of people like raise concern you know like they're playing the eight regular season games and then they have all the playoff games you know people like charles barkley have said like they don't think it's gonna last so like what do you think is gonna happen do you think that they're gonna be able to play all the games all the way into the finals without like something happening where they have to like evacuate or re-quarantine again for two weeks you know what do you think is going to end up happening with all that yeah um you know I'm a little older than you and I'm starting to you know I'm still really young I'm 21 I'm starting mm-hmm. to realize how the world works and everything revolves around money mm-hmm. and that's why the NBA season that's why the NBA wouldn't cancel their season even you know prior to the bubble that's why they're pushing for the bubble I think they're going to do whatever they can to keep the bubble going. And I don't see it stopping just because of the revenue loss, you know, that would put them back millions or even, you know, yeah. billions potentially. And it would mess up the, you know, the calendar of the NBA season, which would also mess up the revenue. So they're going to keep it going. But if a player tests positive, I mean, they're just going to, you know, keep quarantine themselves mm-hmm. and continue just testing and testing. But yeah. Listen, if a top player goes down, it's going to be interesting because, say, LeBron goes down on the Lakers, mm-hmm. AD is not going to be able to carry the oh, Lakers. To the no, I mean, that's, that's why he can't do it with the Pelicans. You know, he's, just, he's not built yep. like that to lead yep. a team. Exactly. So, you know, if, if a top dog gets COVID and they have to quarantine during a crucial time in the playoffs or finals, listen, that's going to affect a lot of things too. But yeah. the NBA is going to keep it going, believe yeah. me. Yeah, I'm, and it's and like you said, it's going to mess up TV deals. It can mess up salary caps and all that stuff. So they, they need to have it going. And as long as nobody pulls like, you know, over Sean Holmes and gets Postmates outside the bubble, I think everything's <laughs> going to be okay. Um, but, uh, you know, do you think like the players are going to be able to like handle, you know, living there for, you know, let's say that, you know, like you said, the Lakers and the Bucks, like they're going to be the teams, you know, that are going to go far in the playoffs. They have to be there for months. You know, do you think that they're going to be able to, handle living there for two three months and eating like i don't think the food's that bad looking but like the portions for how big the player is and just not being able to see your family do you think that they're gonna actually gonna be able to handle it when they actually have to go those two months instead of just looking forward and like ah it's only two months i mean it's not for them it won't be two months if they make the finals for the finals it's like three three and a half Mm -hmm. months which is even crazier i think the main part is these young guys not 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 uh you know not out and about with their friends and all that stuff mm-hmm. i think the veterans like lebron could deal with it i mean his yeah. family probably facetimes them every day and stays in contact mm-hmm. yeah. but you know lebron is lebron is so hungry that he has that goal to win and i'm sure Giannis too that they're just they're just going with it yeah for sure i mean do you think the uh, the bubble is gonna be broken though you know like you know Stephen a so like there's gonna be some people sneaking in there for certain reasons like do you think that's actually gonna be something that's gonna happen and like how can the NBA kind of like prevent that to prevent? I don't know. They're going to <laughs> will be punished, but I could see it happening. If you look at other crazy things that have happened over the years, the first thing that comes into my mind is when the Clippers locked up Blake Griffin. Yeah, so that, yeah. Another, oh. Yep. So another team can't sign him. Listen, that's a crazy thing that 
happens. And I could see even crazier stuff happening in the bubble, whether it's sneaking in a girl or friends yeah. going out and crossing the line and or doing something. Yeah, that snitch line is going to be popping off. I know it is. You got to think, you know, that little snitch hotline. It's going to be, it's going to be buzzing. Yep. Um, so now looking actually into the, the important stuff right now, the playoffs, the regular season. So there's, there's eight games left of the regular season. And what I want to start off with is, you know, the award race. So obviously the MVP, right? You know, people aren't going to like LeBron or Giannis. They don't really care about winning the MVP necessarily. They're more focused on leading their team to being the best it can be. But with that being said, the MVP race is very hot between LeBron and Giannis. So who do you think has the upper hand? Like, I personally believe that I'm the, I'm the biggest LeBron fan. Like, I love LeBron. I've, I've been rocking with him since he's into the league. Like, he's who I looked up to. But mm-hmm. looking at everything, I feel like Giannis, should, personally, he should win it. I think that he's leading the Bucks. He has a better record. Obviously, it's only, he's won, he played more games, so he, but he has four more wins than what the Lakers currently have. He's averaging 30 points, 14 boards, six assists. And he's like that heart and soul of the team. If you take, that, if you take Giannis off of the Bucks. I don't think they're going to be a top five team in the East. If you take LeBron off of the Lakers, although I don't think AD can necessarily lead them to the, the finals, he still did really well the Pelicans. He can be a leader. So that's why I think Giannis should personally win it. But I was wondering if, you know, what you were thinking about that whole thing. Yeah, I mean, you basically took the words out of my mouth because I, I agree with Giannis. Mm-hmm. I agree with the Giannis pick. That definitely has it over LeBron. I mean, listen, it's close. LeBron is freaking 35 years old, leading the league in assists. Also mm-hmm. putting up great numbers. Like you said, Giannis leads in almost all categories. I think he plays – I saw you looking at stats. I don't know if you have it in front of you. I think he plays under 30 minutes a game this year. Giannis? Um, yes. No, nah, he, he plays a, he like plays 35. 35? But that's, that's still like a lot less than you know, an average. An yeah, average yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah that, that's what I mean. He's playing you know, lower-ish minutes mm-hmm. and you know, more wins. And also something in this debate – People want to get in their feelings over LeBron because it's going to – this, in my opinion, is his, his last, like, great, amazing season before mm-hmm. he takes a slight decline. I think he'll still be a, an amazing player. But people, you know, they want LeBron to get one last MVP at 35. It's just not going to happen with Giannis, you know, playing this good, putting up those numbers. It's, it's insane. Yeah, so I was thinking. I mean, like, I want LeBron to get the credit he deserves. But uh-huh. it's just going to be – you know, this whole season in itself is just like – I don't even know. Like, I think this is LeBron's last great year with him. And if he goes on to win the championship, who knows? People are going to put an asterisk next to it. I don't really know. But, you know, I do want LeBron to get the recognition he deserves. But he's had, you know, great years. And it's almost like the Kobe thing. You know, like Kobe, has, he had many great seasons. And you could say he got robbed of winning the MVP, a couple of things. But it's not going to tarnish his legacy. He's not going to tarnish yep. LeBron's legacy. So that's what people have to recognize. And, I mean, like, listen, I, I think – if LeBron doesn't win the MVP and he wins the championship this year, he'll be, he'll be more than satisfied. Yeah, for sure. And then, you know, you know, Lucas is a name to watch, though. Luka Doncic, I don't think he's going to win the MVP, but he's doing really well as a sophomore, you know, for the second season yep, in the league. Yep. So next year, he, the Mavericks could be better than a seven seed, which still blows my mind oh, that for they're sure, for only sure. yeah, a seven even, seed. Even this year, what the Mavs are doing is incredible. You know, I know. Look at second season, like you were saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And your boy Kristaps, aren't you a Nick? Aren't you a Knicks fan? Yep. Yeah. I, so. I wouldn't call him my boy anymore, but <laughs> yeah. I yep. mean, I like Kristaps. I think that he's not getting enough love by like anybody. I think he's better than what people say. But. Uh, I like. You know, I loved Kristaps when he was here with with the Knicks. Mm-hmm. I think he could be even better. He kind of yeah. shoots himself in the foot sometimes, taking 
so many three pointers. Mm-hmm. He's so tall and kind of so skilled that his mid range game is really effective. If he cuts down his, you know, three pointers attempt a game, I think he could be even better because sometimes he gets a little inefficient and, you know, he kind of misses a lot of shots in a row. Yeah, for sure. But, it, you know, he'll, he'll be able to figure it out with Dallas. You know, I think Dallas has a great team built yep. around him to help him succeed right there. But uh, moving on to another award race, I don't think it's necessarily a race. You know, it's rookie of the year. I think that Jaw has it locked up. He's just played more games. He's put up better numbers. But I want to kind of start a new debate with this. Mm-hmm. For the next 10 years, if you had to pick either Zion or Jaw, who would you have? See, that's a good question rather than asking who's rookie of the year because rookie of the year is Jaw. You know, yeah, you can't yeah, win rookie sure. of the year with 19 games played. That's, that's exactly what I'm saying. You know, yeah. but over the next 10 years, oh, man, put me in the spot that it's so tough. Uh-huh. You know, I'm just going to – I'm going to give the generic answer and say you can't go wrong with either because it depends on what you need. Yeah, I guess. You know? I, I guess you, you could say that. You could build around both, you know, uh-huh. depend. Uh-huh. If, you got, if you got a straight scorer on your team, you know, he could go with Zion. Yeah. A lot better than with Ja because Ja – I mean, he could go with Ja too. Uh, I don't even know what I'm trying to – the point I'm trying to make here. But – Basically, both players are going to be terrific players in this league. Mm-hmm. And who gets the upper hand? Listen, people don't like this opinion. I'm going – I'll pick Ja. I'll I pick would, Ja over Zion. I would go with Ja as well. I think Ja is just – I think he's more talented in the sense of like – so I went to, I went to March Madness. I saw, I saw Zion play a couple of games. Obviously, I watched him on TV. I see what he can do. But what I picked up, and, you know, he's, he's from this area. Like, I, I live in Greenville, South Carolina. He, he went to Spartanburg, so he was, like, 30 minutes away. So cool, I've, cool. I've seen him. I've seen all that stuff. But the thing with Zion is he's just more of an athletic freak than he is skilled in a way, in the sense of he's a big body. And, yes, you have players like Shaq who dominate because he was just so big. But Zion's not – he's only, you know, it's like, what, six seven, I believe. He's not, he's not, like, you know, a center. He uh-huh. can't play down low like that. And he's winning because he's more physical. But – players are going to be able to figure him out. It's almost like – I know it's a completely different sport, but it's like Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. Lamar uh-huh. is great because he's mobile, but he's not the best passer. So once you make him one-dimensional, take away the run, he's not going to be great. If you figure out a way to stop Zion, which I'm sure they're going to be able to in 10 years, mm-hmm. he's not going to be as effective. He can, yep. He's not that great stretching the floor with threes. He's made a couple here and there. But if he can work on his shooting, then, yes, he can be great. But it's just hard to see because he's just very one-dimensional in terms of – he can score inside because he's big, and he can pick up a couple blocks. Where Jaw yeah, can just... I agree. And then if you look on the other side with Jaw, Jaw is so multifaceted, doing mm-hmm. everything. Mm-hmm. You know, you saw him as a rookie trying to dunk on people, hit threes. Like Kevin Love, he, yeah. <laughs> he locks up. He locks up on defense. Jaw. He's plays. You know, high energy defense mm-hmm. and offense. So both players are going to be amazing. And with yeah. Jaw, oh, I just, I just wish the Knicks. Like I like R.J. Barrett here in New York. I, I love yeah. him. He's still so young. I just wish we got. You know, I wish you got Ja. I wish you got Ja. Or Zion. <laughs> or Zion. But listen, uh, our, the Knicks had to get really lucky to get Zion. Ja yeah, was yeah. right there for the taking. It just, yeah. oh, it just didn't fall. I mean, I mean, you guys might get Lamella Ball this year, so I don't know how you feel about him. But he could be good, I guess. He could be. He can stretch the floor. He can help you guys out. Yeah. Listen, I want. I want Lamelo. I think he's got the personality for New York. He's kind of kind of an a hole, which yeah. will fit right in over here with these New Yorkers. And uh, mm-hmm. listen, he's like six nine. He could shoot. So hey, we might as well take a stab at him if if he goes number one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, might as well. I think I think the Knicks just need somebody who's like kind of a 
who's a star star already. Like, you know, LaMelo, who played overseas, but his dad talks about it. He got him all hyped up. Everybody exactly. knows who LaMelo Ball is. So I think that it'd be a perfect fit for New York. And so the last, the last little award race I got going on right here is the most improved player. So I first, I don't know, I think, I feel like we're going to agree on this one again, but I would give it a bam out of Bayou. You know, I am a Heat fan, so again, might be a little biased in that sense, but he just, he doubled his total. He, he went from having nine points to 16 points, seven boards to 10 and a half, and two assists to five assists with a block and a steal every game. He became an all-star this year from yep. being like, you know, a bench presence almost in a way to becoming an all-star. It's a huge step in itself. So I would give it a bam. I think he's, he's the reason why the Heat are such a dark horse in the final, or in the playoffs as well. So, you know. Yeah, no, I, I would go with Bam too. But also, you know, another improved player who I like, you know, Chris Middleton's in the race a little bit, and people don't like to give him his credit. Like, yeah, he was – I'm just bringing up another option. Yeah, yeah he yeah. was, you know, a good scorer. Mm-hmm. But this season, you know, if you look at his percentages, he's very close to the 50-90-40 club. Mm-hmm. Um, he's in, increased his points per game and kind of his all-around presence on the floor. But mm-hmm. it's going to go to BAM. Yeah. It's going to go to BAM for all the reasons you said, helping helping the Heat and kind of just really taking, like, a huge leap this season from what he was the past couple of years. Yeah, for sure. I mean, Chris Milton, though, bringing him up, like, yeah, I think he's a great player. I think that he is, you know, a star of a team, but nobody likes to acknowledge that. Uh-huh. Because, you know, sometimes, you know, like I think he's the top, honestly, I think he's the top 18, top 15 player in the league. But then you got articles coming out saying he's top 10 and it kind of like devalues him because people are like, oh, that's not true. Like that's so, he's so overrated. And I'm like, oh, well, yeah, he is a little, like he's not top 10. Uh-huh. I think he's a lot better than what, than what people say. So I can get with that for sure. Um, and now looking into the, the playoff push in the Western Conference, right? The eight seed is the, is this, the only seed that's up for grabs, really, when you look at the West or the East. And it is as a tight race. You got Memphis in there with eight. They have a three-game or three-and-a-half game lead over the over Portland and the Pelicans and the Kings, and then a four-game lead over the Spurs. And then you could say the Suns could sneak in there, but they're six games back, so it's kind of, like, tough to say. So I don't – and they have a hard schedule, so I'm not giving it the Suns. But, you know, who do you think is going to be able to sneak into that eight seed, or do you think Memphis could keep it? I think Memphis is going to hold it down. You know, right. yes, the NBA, I wouldn't say gave because it was, I guess you could say gave because they did in the beginning of the year, gave uh, the Pelicans the easiest remaining oh. schedule. Yeah, it's so <clears throat> But listen, man, it's going to be a tough race. Remember that this is what people don't understand. People are so gung-ho about the Pelicans getting in. There's only eight games left. Mm-hmm. Every mm-hmm. single game counts. If, if Memphis wins like three or four games, it, it's almost like, it's basically impossible for the Pelicans to get yeah. in. They need to really, like, win out, which yeah. will be tough. So, I, mm-hmm. I could see Ja just turning it up. You know, Memphis got a deep young team. And I could see them just, hold, them just holding on. Yeah, I mean, Memphis has a good team. Like, people forget, like, also they have, like, you know, yes, they have Ja, but Dylan Brooks is stepping up. They got Jonas Valachunas, yep. Brandon Clark, Jaron Jackson, who I think is one of the best young power forwards in the game. You got a lot really of players good. there. Yeah. I mean – I think they gave the Pelicans, yes. I, I was looking at it. They have, like, that easiest – they play, so, they play like, the Wizards twice. And the Wizards don't have, like, the three best players on their team. Like, they just have such an easy schedule. I was looking at the Spurs because of their, you know, veteran leadership, but they don't have LaMarcus Aldridge. But the team that I want to really focus on right now is the Portland Trailblazers. And, yes, I was looking at their schedule. Um, it is a little bit tougher. You know, they still have to play playoff teams right now, playoff caliber teams. 
but you can't count out Dame Dollar and CJ McCollum. You know, Austin Whiteside's doing well. So, like, do you think that Portland has a realistic chance to be able to take that eight seed away from Memphis and overcome the Pelicans as well? To be honest, Damian Lillard needs to go into Dame Dollar mode and just mm. go berserk because whenever he goes off, you know, the Blazers usually win. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, it's tough because the Blazers this year – were very inconsistent earlier in the year. They kind of fell down, which kind of hurt them. You know, if they didn't kind of play too inconsistent, they'd be perfectly fine right now in the yeah. playoff race, which obviously they're still in the race. But how many games out are they? Uh, they are three and a half games out of the uh, eight seed. Again, that's tough with only eight mm-hmm. games. If there's yeah. about 15 to 20 games, you know, they could, it, they could definitely do it. But I still see Memphis holding on. Yeah, I think I just the only reason why I give it to Memphis really is, you know, I think that they have a good dynamic with Jaw and the big men down there. But the reason why, though, is like you said, three and a half games, that's hard to overcome. You know, you know, you, especially when Memphis, they, they have a head head against like uh, against the Pelicans, for example. Right. If the Pelicans want to overtake that, if they win that game. That's a big game for the Pelicans. But if Memphis okay. wins that, you know, New Orleans is virtually out in a way, if you think about it, because then they'd be they'd have they would lose a head to head. They would give Memphis a win, and they would lose the game. It's just, it's just very hard for them. So I would give, I would give it to Memphis, but who knows? You know, I think the only team personally that can overtake Memphis is Portland, just because of Damian Lillard. Yep. Um, and so now looking into, you know, the uh, the playoffs right now with like the uh, the Eastern Conference. You know, so I was talking about it. I, you know, I'm looking at the, fi- the Eastern Conference Finals and who's gonna be there. Some matchups and. After, you know, calculating who I think is going to win, you know, one versus eight seed, so on and so forth, I ended up with the Milwaukee Bucks versus the Boston Celtics. And so I think that's what's going to end up happening because I think at the Miami Heat, they could make a run, but they're going to be a four or five seed and have to play Milwaukee second round. It all depends on the matchups. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And I just think that that's going to – I think the Heat are capable of making it to the Eastern Conference Finals. But to play to play Milwaukee, it's just it's gonna be very tough for them, and I don't think they're gonna be able to. I think Giannis is just too too tough to handle. So then I look at that matchup against the Celtics, and I think that you have you know you know Kimba Walker there, who's extremely underrated. He still is like he does not get the recognition he deserves. You have some young wing talent with Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, but I think that Eric Bledsoe, underrated defender, one of the best defending guards. I think he can lock up Kimba Walker. Middleton is one of the best three and D players. He can cover out those young wings. And then Giannis, Boston does not have a guy who can stop Giannis, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. So I think I think the Bucks win against the Celtics. And I don't know who you have possibly going to the Eastern Conference Finals, but that's what I think is going to end up happening. Based on those matchups, it sounds pretty good. And, you know, with Miami, I just – I don't think the this is their year yet. I still think they're mm-hmm. a little young, a little too inexperienced. And I think – Boston, if they match up with Boston or uh, Milwaukee, which will probably be Milwaukee, I agree. Milwaukee mm-hmm. will win. Yeah, listen, I got Milwaukee coming out of the East, the Lakers coming out of the West, Bucks, yeah. Lakers, and my pick, it's tough, man. I got to go with the Lakers just because of the experience factor with LeBron mm-hmm. and AD. I, also, I, you know, you get, you get those two in playoff mode, you know, they're going to they're gonna be firing on all cylinders. Hopefully, mm-hmm. J.R. Smith and – other three-point shooters on that team will do their part off the bench. And, you know, LeBron's going to go crazy this mm-hmm. playoffs. Yeah, for sure. You know, I think, like you're saying, though, the Heat, I feel like they are a little bit too young. But if they can get one of those free agent signings that they were talking about with Giannis or maybe Victor Antipo if he becomes healthy, I, they yeah. could be crazy. I, 
staying on that, I think Oladipo is the better move than Giannis. They, they don't need Giannis. If they get Giannis, Bam Adebayo's uh, development's going to slow a little bit. He's not going to get the looks and the numbers that he wants. And the rest of the guys, Jimmy Butler with Giannis there is going to get pissed off because he's not the top dog. Harrow's development and Duncan Robinson, they're not going to get as many touches. I think Victor Oladipo is the perfect guy to fit on that team because that's a team of balance. That's not a team of Giannis. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Bucks are balanced, but put Giannis on the heat, he's going to take away from the rest of them. I think VO is, you know, is who they should yeah. sign. I mean, but when you say that, they're like, yes, I understand that. And I agree. Like looking at the heat and looking, how, you know, I watch a lot of the games and seeing how they function as a team together. You know, they like to, they get that ball moving, they have a good connection. And it's just like the grit and grind. It's almost like yep. Memphis when they had Marcus Saul and Zevo, but a little bit better, you know, in terms of like shooting, athleticism. But they just grind out the games and they just put it on the work, you know. There's a story where Jimmy Butler was literally dribbling the ball during quarantine. So like, that's the type of people they need around them. But then you got to think, though. Giannis is just – right now, you know, I still think LeBron is the greatest player in the game, personally. But Giannis, in two years, definitely will be the best player in the game. And it's hard to say how you, how you going to turn down the greatest player in the game right now. That's just very hard to do. You know? So I understand that. but And it can implode on them. You know, Jimmy Butler could grow very unhappy. but I just think it's very hard if they had the opportunity to, to turn them down. And I don't think it would necessarily hurt the growth of Bam out of Bayou. I think that it might in a way, but I think that Bam, Bam's more than capable of, you know, working on his own. So it's, uh-huh. it's interesting. But if Olandibo can come back healthy, though, he could be – I think he's one of the best players in the game. Um, but moving on to, like, you know, the Western Conference Finals, you said you had the Lakers taking it out. You had the Lakers yep. going – you know, I think we all have the Lakers versus Clippers as a matchup. I think that that's what's going to be happening. And I am taking the Lakers, like you said, because LeBron, but when he turns out, when he flips that switch, he's next level. And especially when with, with, with him being healthy now due, during the quarantine, he's going to be even better. You know, like resting. I think the, this, this rest out of all teams, I think is helping the Lakers the most because LeBron gets to recover. But the matchup that I was like, after I was looking at all the matchups, breaking down everything, I think it's going to come down to these two things. Do you think that the, the Clippers are going to be able to stop the, um, you know, Anthony Davis and, and uh, Dwight Howard down low? Or do you think the Lakers are going to be able to stop the wings of, like, Paul George and Kawhi? Who do you think is going to be able to gain that upper hand? Because that's, like, the matchup. Those are the, the two weaknesses for each team. So yeah. who do you think is going to be able to take that over and, like, be able to find a way to stop that side uh-huh. of it? Well, first thing I will say, if those two teams match up in the West, that's mm-hmm. going to be one of the greatest Western Conference Finals ever. LeBron on Kawhi and then, you know, AD in the mix and then Paul George with the Clippers. Yeah, listen, the Clippers are definitely going to have a hard time with Dwight and AD because mm-hmm. who do the Clippers have that's that big? I yes. had this discussion with my friends the other day. They have Zubak, but I mean, listen, then they have Montrezl Harrell. And yeah. Harrell is a dog down there, but he's, he's only the about 6'8". Yeah. Uh-huh. So AD and Dwight are going to be able to kind of overpower him and over, you know, out height him mm-hmm. in that aspect. But then again, like you said, who's going to stop Paul George on the Lakers? Mm-hmm. But Paul George hasn't really been Paul George this season. I don't know what it is. If he's not fully getting used to playing next to Kawhi, if there's too much firepower on that team and he's not getting the proper looks that he wants. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if he turns it up, It'll be it'll be a matchup for the ages. Yeah, I mean, I think one of the biggest X factors, obviously, you know, we have like LeBron, AD, Paul George, 
Kawhi, those are the big names. Everybody knows about them. But I think the biggest, the biggest X factor out of all the teams is Marcus Morris. People forget about that. Marcus Morris, when you know he was on the Knicks, he was putting averaging nearly 20 points. And so maybe that's just too many mouths to feed with the Clippers. But for the Lakers, if you think about it, who again, who's gonna like Avery Bradley, one of the best defenders, is gone right now because he, you know, obviously I respect it. You know, he doesn't want to get his family, you know, sick and all that. But who's gonna be able to stop those players? Like, you know, there's a report that Markeith Morris isn't even at the Lakers, even at, isn't even in Disney World right now, isn't even in Orlando. So I just don't know who's gonna be able to stop those guys. It's just very hard to say. Yeah, um, I think that's the only problem with the Lakers. You know, people think the Lakers are so deep, but the bench is kind of a lot of like, okay, I do this, and then this player does that, and that guy does that. They're not really all-around, well-rounded bench players. They kind of just, you know, do a job. Like, JR is just going to shoot. Yeah, he could defend a little bit, but then look at Quinn Cook. I mean, he could be a lot better back there, and he's going to have to be better because he's going to take the place of Rondo. So players like that need to step up. Or else, like you said, the Clippers – you know, they got a ton of mouths to feed, but that's mm-hmm. fine because when you bring the bench in, they can just obliterate the Lakers, yeah. their bench. Yeah. I mean, hey, maybe Alex Caruso, this is his time to finally break I, out and be – I forgot about the Caruso. Come on. And then no, I just yeah, – I, I, it's very tough to see, but the Lakers, they really need to be – like their bench – their bench is just a bunch of three-point shooters if you really think yeah. about it. And if they're firing and they can make their shots, then it, it's over. You can't yeah. stop them. But, but if they, they – they're if, missing. They can't, if they can't make their shots, that's the problem. Mm-hmm. And going back on Caruso, as much as everybody and I like Caruso, look at a Caruso and a Lou Williams. Lou Williams can get you buckets with his eyes closed whenever he wants. Mm-hmm. Alex Caruso, yes, he can score. Yes, he can do a lot of things. The Lakers just don't have that, you know, straight up go-to scorer off yeah. the bench. You know, that's why LeBron mm-hmm. and AD are going to have to log a lot of minutes. Yeah, I mean – and, and Kyle Kuzma is just not panning out. Like, they're like, oh, we're not, we're not trading Kuzma. Took him off. Like, they want him more than Brandon Ingram, more than Lonzo Ball. But he's just – Kyle Kuzma's not the guy. He's just – I don't know. He's just, just not doing well. He's Yeah, I don't, I don't think he's developing right with LeBron and AD there. I think he, wanted, mm-hmm. he, wants, he wants more touches. Yeah, yeah. And so, I do believe, though, like the Lakers versus the Bucks is, you know, like we said, the finals matchup. I think that that's the matchup right there. I think the Lakers – are going to have a lot easier time beating the Bucs than they would against the Clippers. Because I think that, like I said, in order to get to the finals, they have to be firing all cylinders, making all those threes and working on their, like, you know, their wings. So if that's the case, I think the Bucs just aren't going to be able to stop them. But do you think the Lakers are going to be able to stop Giannis? Like, how hard do you think that's going to take? Like, how long do you think it's going to take them to be able to find a way to finally stop them, you know, in that seven-game series? It would be tough because – you know, the Lakers, too, they don't they, – I think for them to stop Giannis, they need to start Dwight Howard alongside AD, and every time Giannis is in there, they need to form, you know, this paint brick wall with AD and Dwight to stop him and force him to the mid-range or outside. You mm-hmm. know, we saw teams do that to him. I think one game, I think it was the Christmas Day matchup, I believe Milwaukee played the Celtics, mm-hmm. and – the Celtics did a terrific job on Giannis, you know, forcing him outside of the paint. And, yeah, he put up, you know, like 26 points, but his shooting percentages and stuff like that weren't that hot because they were making him shoot outside. So that's what the Lakers need to do, in my opinion. Yeah, for sure. Um, it's just yeah, it's really interesting, you know. But I do think that, you know, like I said, though, I think the Lakers are going to be able to figure that out. I think they will. 
you know, I, I mean, it's just, just LeBron's, LeBron's the guy, you know, it's just, he's going to be able to figure things out and he'll, he'll be able to accomplish things. But I think, you know, like we said, we're kind of, you know, we're kind of similar with who's going to win the finals and why, but this is what I really want to get into the teams to watch in a way, you know, the teams that like, yes, they have the, they have a tough road to make it to the finals and they need everything clicking to go the right way, but could it be possible? So in the Western conference, you know, I'm sure you might have your own opinion. I think a lot of people are hyping up the Thunder as a team to be able to make it far. But the team that I really want to keep an eye on and looking at the standings is the Houston Rockets. That's the team to watch. So Houston's currently the sixth seed, and they would play Denver. I think that Houston's going to be able to overtake Oklahoma City and become the five seed. Then they would play the Jazz. They would beat the Jazz first. I think, that, I think that's just going to end up happening. They would play the Lakers. Again, I want LeBron to win it. I think LeBron is, but do you think that it's possible for Houston to possibly overtake the Lakers and win that game? I mean, when they, when they made that trade where they got rid of Clint Capella and they put Robert mm-hmm. Covington, the very first team they played were the Los Angeles Lakers, and they won. They beat the Lakers by like 10 points. And obviously it's one game, but hey, they made it work. So why can't they do it for four games? So what do, you, what do you think could happen? Like who's your dark horse team? Do you think Houston could actually make a run? Uh, dark horse. I like I like Houston and Denver, but with Houston, James Harden is going to shoot himself in the foot again. It's like he doesn't want to change his game enough to balance it out with his teammates and play team basketball. He's just going to take a ton of step back threes. I'm not a fan of that. Mm-hmm. The matchup with the Lakers, you know, who's going to stop AD? I know you said that one game in the regular season, but when the playoffs come, I mean. You get Robert Covington or PJ Tucker on AD. It's just, it's just not gonna, it's just not gonna go well. Mm-hmm. And going back to Denver, listen, Jokic and that team. Jokic is skinny now. He'll be, you know, a lot quicker, a lot more versatile than he already is. I could see Denver being my dark horse. Houston, I don't have enough faith in Houston with Westbrook mm-hmm. and yeah. Harden just being a little inconsistent with shooting the ball. You know, they just. You can't win games when the two of your top players, who are these MVP level guys, shoot forty percent from the field combined. It's just, it's just not going to work. Yeah, that's true. I mean, and, and they're both apparently testing positive for Corona. I don't even know what's happening yeah. with James Harden because I swear he's like shooting and practicing, but yeah, he, positive he arrived, like two days ago. He arrived, no, that that was kind of a rumor I saw by a page with only a couple thousand followers on Twitter, uh-huh. and it kind of got that snowball rolling with Harden. But, hey, he just arrived to the bubble yesterday, and they don't let you go if you're, you know, positive and not yeah. quarantined a certain time. So maybe Harden was positive, you know, two weeks ago, and now he's fine. But seems like he'll, he'll be there and be ready with Westbrook. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Good for them then, you know. But uh, with the Nuggets, so you brought that up, right, with Nikola. He's going to be – that's your dark horse team. He's going to be skinnier. He's going to be more agile. So they would – obviously, they, they play the Thunder. They would beat the Thunder. But, again, the matchup we're talking about is them against the Clippers. That's – what would end up happening? That would be, that'd be, that'd be, yeah, that'd be a crazy game. It's a crazy series, and yeah, I don't think that, again the Clippers don't have a big man to stop Nikola. But do you really think like Jamal Murray and you know who they have down there is going to be able to like go up against you know who's going to be able to stop Kawhi and Paul George? Like who do they even have to be able to stop them? You know, like, but Paul Millsap? Like I don't, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who do you th- how do you think they're going to be able to overtake like the the Clippers and win that game? That's where I think, you know, the, the Nuggets aren't there yet to be title contenders this year. Mm-hmm. They still need to develop guys like Michael Porter Jr. will be that guy. Mm-hmm. He's just not there yet. He's still so young. He's coming off his injuries. 
and yeah, like you said, who's going to guard Kawhi? That's why I would have the Clippers, you know, beating the Nuggets. I agree with you. Yeah, I mean, the Clippers are just the Clip. I, I don't know. I just like I don't I don't want the Clippers to win, but like I feel like everyone's just counting them out because you know their players literally like quiet. Like you know, nobody, nobody talks about like Kawhi is just you know just Kawhi is Kawhi. Like they don't have that like that like guy. You know, that's kind of like in Paul George. He's not even, he doesn't like, he's not active with the media and all that either. So it's just like, I feel like the media is kind of the Clippers out because they don't have one of those guys who's just going to give them a good story, a good headline. Yeah. Hey, that is true. But I mean, it should be very interesting to see what ends up happening with the Clippers and what goes on there. Um, and then I guess my last, my last kind of question for you is about, is about players in a way. Who do you think, like, who do you think is going to develop the most through this whole entire playoff as a team? Like, who do you think is going to be able to, to grow and like maybe this year is not their year, but they're going to make it. And next year they're just going to take off and could possibly be, you know, like, like a, you know, like a Miami heat type of team where they're just going off right now. You know, who do you think could be that, that team to watch for next season? Uh, I think, you know, like I was saying before, I think Memphis gets in and I Mm -hmm. think Memphis will be that team, you know, to check off all those marks Mm -hmm. because they're so young. And when you're so young like this and having so much success, your first playoff series Listen, it doesn't even matter if you're going to win. If Ja takes, you know, Ja and Memphis match up with the Lakers, right, and they steal a game from the Lakers, you know how important that one win against the Lakers is for these young guys developing and gives them their confidence to piggyback off that win into next postseason. Mm -hmm. So I think, you know, Ja and all those young guys developing this playoffs will be, you know, it'll kind of put them light years ahead for next season. Yeah, for sure. I mean – well, especially, I, again, you know, I think Brandon Clark and Jaron Jackson, I think they need the most development. I feel like they're good, but I, they can unlock another level. And if they can do yeah. that, they're going to be a dangerous team. Um, and so, wait, I have one more, one last question right here. I was thinking about it. Yeah. And it was in terms of, you know, players next season, where they could possibly end up. And, you know, I like to think that if players did not – they if they decided to set out the bubble, they sat out for – I think there's one of these three reasons. You know, obviously – it's a family issue. Like Avery Bradley didn't want to get his family sick. I understand that. I think that the second thing was maybe they just didn't think the team was good enough to like do anything. So why go? Or the third thing is injuries. You know, I put them parentheses, but they yeah. say injuries, but it's more so I don't want to be on this team anymore. I'm sitting out. Why risk getting hurt and losing out on a team actually wanting me? So that brings me to the two players, right? You know, Victor Oladipo said he wants to come back. The Pacers are like, oh, he's coming back. I'm like, trust me, but I don't know. And then there's also Bradley Beal, who's just like, no, I'm not going. So with those two guys being the main stars of it, what do you think is going to be happening to Bradley Beal and Victor Oladipo, not when they become free agents, but within like this next, like this next offseason? Do you think that they'll still be on the current teams, or do you think they'll end up leaving? I think Oladipo's out because I think Oladipo sees that, yeah, the Pacers are a good team. Mm-hmm. Listen, they got nice depth with Brogdon and Sabonis and then Oladipo when he's healthy. But listen – we both know this. Mm-hmm. The Pacers aren't going to win a championship mm-hmm. if it continues like that. Oladipo knows it too. So Oladipo is going to be out. That's why I think he's going to go to Miami. Mm-hmm. With Beal, Beal always seems very committed to Washington. Mm-hmm. Seems like he wants to be there. He always says it. I don't know how much of truth that is. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I think he's just patiently waiting for John Wall to get back. Because then, like right now, they're, you know, right outside of the eighth seed. If John Wall was playing – They'd be fine. I think they'd yeah. be into the playoffs. They'd overtake the Magic. Mm-hmm. So I think he's just waiting for John Wall, and hopefully, you know, I want them to sign DeMarcus Cousins, and maybe that'll be a nice trio. 
I could. I, could. I mean, hey, you got that Kentucky duo as well, you know, with John Cousins. But do you think John Wall is going to be able to really achieve what he used to be, like that top-of-the-line point guard? Man, everybody's different coming off an injury, and his injury, putting him out almost two years, oh, I don't, I don't know. I hope so. I really like John Wallen. Yeah. People don't give him his credit just because yeah. he he hasn't been seen in a while. Yeah. I hope I hope he does well. I used to always draft him in a two K. So you know, he, <laughs> he, you know, I I, love, I don't know. I just had this. I just thought John Wall was just like I it was always him and Damian Lillard kind of like being like compared. And I always thought John Wall with that athletic ability, but that injury again, it could hurt him in mm-hmm. terms of just being able to be athletic and have his game going. Um, and then the other thing though is like a. With the Pacers, like you said, I think like you said, Victor Oladipo, I think he is jumping ship. But how, like, this is, I could be reaching for a headline or reaching for a story. But, you know, you, you saw that thing where Paul George was like, uh, one time the best power forward in the league. You know, no, they never said who. You know, let's just say it was, I don't know, Anthony Davis or someone. I don't, I don't know. Maybe LaMarcus yeah. Aldridge when that happened. But he said he wanted to come to Indiana. Who, I don't know who wants to go to the Indiana Pacers, you know, willingly. But he wanted to go there. And they said, we're not signing him. And that's like, Paul George is like, bro, I'm never going back there. You know, I want to leave. Do you think that story spooked Victor Oladipo in a way and saying, like, I have a good team, me and Sabonis and Miles Turner, but if a guy wants to come, they're not willing to make that push because of money. Do you think that could, like, that spooked him for wanting to stay there long term? That's a good point. I never even thought of it. I think, mm-hmm. I think yeah, that has to do with it. Because also, you got to think, who wants to go to Indiana? It's not even just about the money. It's kind of mm-hmm. off the beaten path. These players want to go to a top – you know, a high level, um, you know, yeah, like market size, yeah. high market, exactly, place. Mm-hmm. And Indiana is, you know, they've made strides since their team, you know, over the last 30 years, but mm-hmm. they're not there yet. Yeah. That's just... why I, th- I think another reason why all the people will be out. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, again, I, I think it's just weird because he was, he was literally like before this break, he's playing games and he's like, I'm not coming back because my injury is not healed. Uh-huh. Why weren't you uh-huh. playing to begin with? Like, like, it's just, it's very interesting to see, but you know, it's a lot of information, a lot of stuff going on with the NBA. And I just, I hope the Lakers can pull it out in the finals, but we'll see what happens. And, you know, again, I really appreciate you coming on. Um, you know, I'd love to do this again, you know, maybe further into the playoffs, we can have another discussion, but I appreciate it. And I hope you have a good day, man, for sure. Hey, I appreciate you having me on buddy. Yeah, if, you, if you need anything, just let me know anything shared. And mm-hmm. as the interview gets, you know, as you start posting it, I'll, I'll share to NBA buzz and with my audience. Oh, man, I appreciate that for sure, man. Have a good one. Uh, yeah. I want to finish with one more comment. Yeah, go for it. Go for it. Devin Booker needs to come to New York. That's, Devin, a, that's who I want to come to New York. Devin Booker is overrated. I'm saying that. He's overrated. I don't think Devin Booker is that good of a player. I think that, personally, look, I, I think he's good. But I think Phoenix has plenty of guys around him. I think Ricky Rubio is not the greatest, but he can move the ball. DeAndre Ayton is still a quality center. Kelly Oubre is doing phenomenal this year. And I think Devin just keeps using it as an excuse. Well, I don't have a star. I don't have a star next to me. But, like, there's – like, I understand that. But how are you going to be – I think they're, what, 13th seed in the West behind the Spurs and the Kings? How are you going to do that and be considered a star? Even when he puts up, you know, big numbers, like 70-point games, they lose. But it's because – I don't think it's because, like, he has no talent around him. I just don't think he's as good as advertised. So he can go to I New could, York, but I could see that. But listen, you know, Western Conference is tough. You come to the East, you might sneak in the playoffs with Booker. Booker mm-hmm. will be the next, the next, you know, greater than sliced bread over here in New York, and <laughs> people would fall in love with him. And next to Lamelo and RJ, hey, Ooh, what is, uh, like that. Whoa, that's a top three team right there in oh, the East. Yeah, yeah. Maybe. 
uh, I don't know about top three, maybe like, <laughs> like maybe top six. But hey, again, I appreciate you having me on. Yeah, for sure. All right, man. brother. All right. All righty. All right. Well, take care, man. Have a good one. All right. You too.